Well, as many of you know, I'm the student ministries pastor here at Calvary Bible Church, and so I thought it would be fitting to bring a psalm of the student to you, a psalm of the student. And uh, so this is Bible study. This is Calvary Bible Church. So, you know, we are we are students of the word. So I can't bring Bible study 101. I have to bring, bring Bible study 111. So this is upper echelon. So open up your Bibles if you haven't done so to Psalm 111. Let me read this. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. In the company of the upright, in the congregation... Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is His works. And His righteousness endures forever. He has caused His wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for all of those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Amen and amen. Oh, what, a, what an amazing way to um, begin this psalm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The call, the charge. To praise the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. And what we have in this student psalm is really a four-step process in Bible study. In studying the Word. In verse 1, we have the first step. Start your study with worship. Start your study with worship. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. You know, we can have things going on in our life that um, sometimes we just don't feel like worshiping the Lord. We don't feel like giving the Lord praise and honor and glory even in our approach to the Lord. And what's interesting is when I think about this, I think about Psalm 100. In Psalm 100, we're told this. says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. In verse 2, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. So we are to be coming and entering with singing and with thanksgiving. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine the, the people of God, the children of Israel, coming to the holy mountain and they are singing praises to God even before they get there and they're commanded to do so. 
Do we do that? It'd be like the difference between um, asking the learneds to come to our house for dinner, or if I asked the learneds, come to my house with dinner. <laughs> Little different understanding, right? If I were to say, come to my house with dinner, I'm going to be opening up the door, you know, salivating. What do you have for me, right? And this is what we're called. So what we're called to do as we, as we come and seek the Lord, come with thanksgiving. Come to the Lord with singing. Where does that come from? It comes from a study of God's works. It comes from a study of God's word. Our next two steps, verse 2 through 6, is study God's works. Study God's works. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work. We should be completely enamored by creation. There should be so many scientists, whether novice or professional, Studying creation, looking into microscopes and declaring to the world, praise God, look at what he did. What we have to do is look, look at creation and it gives us reason to bring praise and glory and honor to the Lord and consider the opposite. Romans one, turn there. Romans 1. What is, the, what is the opposite? What is the opposite of that, um, of that call? The call to worship the Lord through his creation. Look at verse 18 of Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and unrighteousness ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men, birds and animals and creeping things. And then one of the scariest verses in all of scripture, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. God gave them up to see creation, to look at creation and ignore the creator is idolatry. Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work and his righteousness endures forever. The righteousness of the Lord will endure forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. There is no doubt, even in the heart of those who hate God, 
that there is a God and his works are wondrous. In fact, we are told that they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And by the way, every single one of us did that before the Lord awoken us to spiritual things. Amen. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. Studying God's creation. Just looking into the world and wondering at this glorious, majestic, holy God that would create all of this for the purpose of receiving glory and honor for himself. The second step in studying God's word, first we must start our study with worship. Then we must study God's works. Third, we must study God's word. So we look in uh, Psalm 19, we see this general revelation, creation, and then we see special revelation, God's word. God revealed himself not only in creation, but in a particular and special way. He reveals himself in his word and in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. What God says, we can believe it. We can trust in it. We are called to trust in it. We are called to lean not in our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him. Amen? There is so, so, so funny. You know, sometimes, I, and I do this myself, but we think, well, what should I do? What should I do in this situation? What does God's Word have to say? I'm not really sure. Well, study it. Read it. His precepts are trustworthy. His ways. So that word precepts mean his ways, his direction are trustworthy. And his direction founds, finds the most definition in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Amen. John fourteen six. Jesus is answering this question. He's telling the apostles, look, I'm leaving. I am out of here. And where I go, you're going to come too. Not now, but later. And you know where I'm going. And the apostles basically said, huh? What are you talking about? We have no idea where you are going. We, We don't know the way. Point us in the direction. What's which, which way, Lord? And what does he tell them? I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. He is the way. Christ. The gospel. The person and work of Jesus Christ. His Precepts, his way, his redeemer, his savior is trustworthy. Are you trusting in him? 
Have you trusted in him? Have you believed on him for the first time? Are you continuing to trust in him and believe on him? As a believer, are you abiding in Christ? Not just for your salvation, but your daily sustenance. To walk in a manner worthy of your calling. His precepts, his ways are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever. To be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. That final redemption that we read about, even beginning in Genesis 3 after the fall, the seed of the woman that would come, the final redemption obviously is pictured in who? Jesus Christ. It is accomplished in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1, turn there. 2 Corinthians 1, beginning in verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our Amen to God for His glory. The fulfillment of the precepts and the word and the promises of God is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Study His Word to get a fuller, beautiful picture of that redemption and culmination of God's Word in the person of Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7.25 Consequently, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And then chapter 8 and verse 6. But it is Christ. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mandates is better, since it enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. We have that new covenant in His blood. Jesus. Third. Third, study God's word. So we have, begin your study of God's word with worship. Next, study God's works. Third, study God's word. And fourth, obey what you study. Verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good 
understanding. The fear of the Lord. The reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we care what God thinks, when we stand in awe of God, when we stand even in fear of the wrath of God, that we were only able to escape because of the work of Christ, we are moved to obey Him with thanksgiving, with gratitude, in reverence. All those who practice this reverence and fear of the Lord have a good understanding. All those that come to the Word of God with the sense that your boss, whatever you say, I'm going to obey, and that is the practice of their life, they have good understanding. You lack wisdom? Approach God in reverence. Approach His Word in reverence. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have a good understanding. And then we come full circle. The close of verse 10. His praises endure forever. His praises endure forever. Have you thought about that? As we come together and someone needs to stand up and open God's word and teach it and we need to minister to the needs of the saints. Some of those things will not be happening, will not be necessary because our faith will be made sight in heaven. But what will not cease? Our praises. Our praises. If you don't like singing to the Lord, you better get accustomed to it. If you expect to spend eternity with the Lord, His praises endure forever. This ought to be the activity of the church. This ought to be the activity of the redeemed. In fact, there is a reason why this section is bookended by praise the Lord and His praises endure forever. It is not only the start, but it is the culmination of the study of God's Word and the fellowship of the saints in Jesus' name. Colossians 3.16 Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. And what? What's the culmination of the Word of Christ dwelling in you richly? Let's look there. And this is where we see this culmination. Colossians 3.16 Gentiles eat pork constantly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's a culmination. 
It's the culmination of, of a life pursuing the word. Allowing Christ to pour his word into your heart. It's this person who is studying God's word. Studying creation, studying God's word. And then it produces, it comes to fruition in praising God. And then the cycle just continues. It's never ending. It begins with praise. And God is pouring his word in your heart. And the culmination is praise. It's fitting. It's fitting because the culmination of the pursuit of each individual in the body of Christ and the, the invisible body of Christ, as God works his word in our hearts, both individually and collectively, is the praise of his name. His praises endure forever. Just listen. After this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, come up here. I will show you what must ha- must take place after this. At once, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seat on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and another Word that's hard to pronounce. And around the throne. See, you just move by. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbling and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was at, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion and the second living creature like an ox. And the third living creature with a face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying worthy are you O Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created the praise and the glory of Christ will endure forever it is the culmination of the word studied and implanted in our hearts Amen? amen let us be A people who are students of God's word. We begin the study of God's word with worship. We look at creation and we call not only ourselves but others to glorify God. When we study his word and we allow it to dwell within our hearts richly, the culmination of that is praise and glory and singing 
to his name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you are, you are gracious and merciful. Lord, we, we understand with a real gravity that even the ability to say, praise the Lord, that Jesus is Lord apart from the Spirit is impossible without a move of God in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you for drawing each one here that knows you in a saving way out of darkness into your glorious light. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for spiritual eyes to see not only creation and general revelation and know that it is your hand, but Lord, your word to see you, to see the work of Christ, to see your holiness, our sinfulness, and the beauty that is the redemption found in Jesus. Lord, we pray that we would be students of the word in this way, driven by praise, the culmination of the study of your word, being praised to your name. Would you, be, would you cause us to be a people that are a part of the eternal plan praising your name because of the truth that you have revealed to us. Lord, we pray this all for your glory and your name.